The following is brought to you by Braided Media. Welcome to Empowered in My Skin podcast series, Thriving Across Generations. A generation gap is commonly perceived to refer to differences between generations that cause conflict and complicate communication, creating a gap. However, at Empowered in My Skin, we believe that differences between generations can provide great insight, wisdom, and be positive and empowering. A big part of why we are doing this series is to amplify the fact that when we seek to understand and communicate with one another, we find more common ground than we likely thought existed. We are more alike than we are different through our experiences. We trust that you will enjoy this five-part series. So sit back, relax, and enjoy energy with our guests, Thriving Across Generations. And remember, if you like this podcast, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe, like, and share it within your network. Great day, amazing humans. Yes, welcome to the fourth installment of the Thriving Across Generations panel interview and series. I love this. This is our fourth panel, and it is going to be as fun and as interesting as all of the ones that preceded it. And of course, I am not alone today. My ho- my co-host is actually our executive producer, Trisha Blake. Hey, <laughs> Trisha. Yes, so Trisha and I are joined and Trisha, do you want to talk about who else is here because we're not alone? Yes, we are not alone. We have an amazing uh, panel, a generational panel. We have uh, EJ that's representing uh, Generation Z, uh, Ogaga that uh, will be representing the millennial group, uh, Gab. Gabby, is Gabby, yeah, Gabby, Gabby, <laughs> Gabby Mamone, who will be representing Gen X, as well as Cindy, who will be representing uh, the Baby Boomer, and myself. I also think I can represent Gen X, and our host uh, can can also represent. Yes, I Gen can. X. I can, and I think Trisha <laughs> feels that she can represent the millennials too. But, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that's that's a you'll have. I think if you listen to episode number three, you'll see how she called out that she's kind of almost millennial in some way. I'm not sure how that works, but, but yes. Yeah, so I'm going to throw out the first question onto the floor. And so ladies, um, cause it is, we're all ladies here today. Um, Cindy, I'll start with you. What does, um, what was your most empowering thought that you had today? Actually, I got to finish the TV power program all the like this is a six-month program program that I've been working on and had some technical glitches and today I finally got it congratulations and I can't people know what I'm talking about but you know what I'll be honest with you I have to just because we're talking about generations I've been in like I haven't told you so I'm saying it here first time live out to the world so impressed with how you just own that technology game. Like you just like you, Aww. you went in and you figure stuff out. And I was, I was really impressed. I was really impressed. Not that I mean, older people should know technology, but we are talking about baby boomers and you yeah, know, yeah. a lot of baby yeah. boomers are afraid of the technology and you have, you dove right in and what you didn't know, you put your hand up. I love it. Love it. It was very, very empowering. And uh, Ogaga, how about you? What's your most empowering thought that you had today? 
Ah, so for me, um, today was actually um, very good. So one empowering thought was to really um, every single day to say one thing that I'm grateful for, irrespective of how the day turns out to be, because there is always something good in every day mm. if you actually can look at it. And another thing that really, um, you know, I've been thinking on because I'm currently um, reading a book by Mary Kay, how she started her business. Yeah. And one thing that keeps I keep remi- reminding myself about is that there is always a way. Mm. There is always a way. No matter what happens, no matter the task that you have to face, no matter the challenge, there is always a way. If it, 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 it will get done, yes. find out a way to get it yes. done. So that, that's for me. Love that. Always a way. And EJ, what's your most empowering thought that you had today? Um, I'd probably say like something to do with like independence. I don't know. Like I was just out like running errands by myself today. It always just feels good for me, um, especially being back home and like I'm usually used to being alone. So always just like knowing like, oh, remember like, yeah, I'm strong and independent and it's a nice feeling. Yes, you are. You're strong and independent. Um, I love it. um, (laughs) Trisha. Uh, mine would be be where my feet are. My mm-hmm. most empowering thought for today mm. my feet are being present. And Gabby? I love that. So for me, I would say I'm a mom of two, and I, I constantly remind myself, including today, to ensure that my kids, I allow them to be who they want to be rather than who I want them to mm. be, uh, the, who they were meant to be. And, you know, today my son fixed a clock radio. And I thought, and he's 12. So I was, I was just like, you know what? We have to focus on what they can do well and thrive in that. So my empowering thought is allow them to be who they were meant to be. I love that. I love that. And mine, um, I actually was wearing a shirt earlier today that said, I feel like a badass. And, uh, yeah, yeah, actually, I feel, and I, it's so funny because a lot of people are like, wow, you have so much confidence to wear these shirts. And I'm like, yeah, but at the end of the day, you're the one that's looking at it. So, so I wear it. I'm wearing it for you. You know, I feel it you, as you read it, you get to say, I feel like a badass, you know? And so, but, uh, and so that, that makes me feel empowered because I, I realize that in the moment that, yeah, as people read my shirt, it's them reading it for themselves like they're actually putting it out there for themselves which is uh which is very empowering the ability to empower others is a lead domino empower people empower people so trisha is going to take us uh, warm us up a little bit with some uh rapid fire questions and i'm going to make sure yep we're good to lightning go. speed lightning speed you'll each get one so um so you can't basically take time to figure out what your answer is going to be for what the other person answered before you so the first one up will be EJ, cooking or takeout. Wait, sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I got nervous. I didn't hear. <laughs> cooking or takeout. Um, cooking. All right. Uh, Ogaga, Android or iPhone. Android. Gabby, talking or texting. Talking. Cindy, favorite childhood TV show. Favorite childhood TV show. Mickey Mouse? Oh! Love it. Okay, that was great. And so now I'm going to put out the first question into the 
space. And, um, you know, we'll start with Cindy, um, you know, asking just because we want to make sure we hear from everybody and, and, and then continue. But we want to form like we really want to get a baseline. And so, you know, our opening question is, you know, tell us briefly about your family history. Well, I grew up in Aurelia, which is a really small town. It was even smaller when I grew up in it. And with my two sisters, you know, my dad worked in a factory. My mom didn't work. I was like almost a beaver cleaver. If, if I look back on it, it almost felt like that. And we had a pretty basic life. We didn't, there was no, you know, a big deal for us was going to Yorkdale for shopping <laughs> in the end of August to get ready to go to school. Like that was the highlight of our year. That's how basic it was. It was wonderful, but it was basic. I love that. And do you, you have siblings or? Yeah, I have two sisters. Yes. Sisters. Yeah. And you are where in the mix? The oldest. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay. Okay. And so the you- best. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> own it. Own it. Yes. Own yes. It. Oh, own it. That's okay. Own it. And uh, and do you do you feel you help raise them or you know how how was the big sister role? Actually, it's really funny because my younger sister seemed to learn from all the mistakes that I made. I mm-hmm. left school very young, got pregnant very young, made a lot of. I don't even think they're mistakes. It was just my life yes. journey, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically she saw everything I did and did the opposite. Stayed in school, got her master's, you know, married and, and got the 2.5 children and the whole nine yards. And we are as close. You know what? We've never, we had one argument. I'm wow. 69 years old. We've had one argument in our life. That's beautiful. That's close. Wow. That's beautiful. Right. That's tight. Yeah. Love that. And uh, Ogaga, take us through your family history. Um, so I have three siblings, um, the second child. So <laughs> I, and funny thing about it is that in my household, we just say that we all have a title. So my sister is the first girl and the second and last girl. And my brother <laughs> is the first boy. So we all get made ourselves feel very important, you know, <laughs> in the family. <laughs> So there's no middle child, technically. Okay, I love that. That's a great, that's great. Yes, define it. Redefine it. So um, we grew up um, very Christian um, kind of upbringing in Nigeria. And then I spent most of my teenage years. Uh, we moved over to the UK. And um, yeah, you know, very humble family in terms of um, not not wealthy, but very comfortable in terms of um our our livelihood and yes very african parents <laughs> very very african parents so yes that's that's pretty much um you know family history for me and uh ej um well i have an older sister i'm the youngest it's just the two of us um and so i grew up in ottawa ontario lived here my whole life and then just only moved out this past year uh so we've been very fortunate in our life and we're very lucky our parents were really hard for us and it's amazing um so we're fairly quiet you know at least for as long as I can remember I lived on like the same street my entire life so <laughs> this is like really all I know um so yeah I mean it, it's small family but we're all close and it's nice yeah. it's beautiful and uh Gabby in my family history, born and raised in uh, northern Manitoba, Thompson, Manitoba, and I felt like we had 
snow and cold probably nine months of the year, but that's all that I knew. So when we moved to Toronto when I was in high school, it was like the tropics for me here. Uh, so uh, my parents, they they just had so many wonderful, they've created so many wonderful memories for my brothers and I. I've got two brothers older. And yeah, I've, I've, I come from a, a strong family and uh, with uh, very strong traditions, very strong traditions. Well, I love that. And uh, what, what would you, how would you describe what family means to you? So for me, I would say family is not just blood uh, because there are many people in this world that will help us get to where we've been and where we'll go uh, just because of love. So family definitely is your family. And uh, I've been very blessed to have fantastic parents and, um, and, uh, but I've also had wonderful friends and colleagues that I consider family that I can count on. I've got their back. They've got mine. I love I'm that. curious to know. Yeah. I really love yeah. that. And Cindy, what are your thoughts on family? I totally agree with you, Gabby. I mean, we call our, our courage in action. We actually call it a sisterhood and there are women that I haven't even physically met that I love. Like I consider them my sister, my family, everything. And I love my sisters and family and everything like that. But so true. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's just with blood. EJ, your thoughts? Honestly, I can't say that like family has like, it means a specific word for me, but it's more of like a certain feeling. So Mm. kind of agreeing with with, like everyone is saying is like, I couldn't attach one word because it's so complex. I couldn't just contain it to one thing. Like it's friends. It's of course my immediate family. It's aunts and uncles, right? It's (laughs) really more of like a feeling of the love and generosity that they give to me. I love that. That's great. That's a great perspective. And Agaga? I agree with you 100%. Like, it's, it's beyond love. I don't want to just say love with the word, you know, with that word for family. And um, I think one other thing that I will add is family is really forgiveness. Um, because, you know, we all make mistakes. And if we really love, we'll learn to forgive and be patient, you know, and be kind. So that, that's, that's what family is to me. Um, it's love, relationship, and being willing to forgive each other, yeah. You know, it's, um, it's interesting because at work, I often, in my emails, I'll say, like, if I'm, like, first of all, if I'm dressing a whole bunch of people, so far as they work at TD, doesn't matter who they are. And if it's a group of people, I typically say, you know, great day team, you know, great day team, just bring everyone together. But, and then we're from the comm, like, hey, family, what's up? You know, because I spend so much time with them, but I realized that to EJ's point, like, Family, I do that because of the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not because of any role that they play in my life or anything like that, but it's really because of the feeling that I want to bring into the space, the, you know, how I want to, you know, may, help them feel or make them feel, you know, that we're in this together. And, and typically family is reserved for that. Like, you know, at the end of the day, family doesn't have to be blood like Gabby mentioned. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a tribe of people who, you know, have your back and whose back you have as well. Love that. (laughs) All right. So, um, I love the family is love, family is forgiveness, family, you know, you can define it however you want. Um, thinking about my question will be for, um, EJ, uh, how have your family traditions 
impacted your life today? Honestly, I don't know if we really have any strict traditions, to be honest. I feel like there are some kind of like niche ones or some that like my sister and I like make up like every Christmas we have to watch a certain movie or we can't <laughs> travel around Christmas like we have to be home like we can't be other else than Ottawa. So I feel like that would only those would be the main kind of traditions that I can think of. Um, and so I guess it hasn't really like impacted anything a lot so it's just kind of like it's kind of like a smaller thing right so uh cindy what about you how have your family traditions impacted your life today well it's really funny my grandmother always said you should never take your christmas tree down before new year's like you had to wait until uh, otherwise it was bad luck january 6th right yeah so (laughs) whatever anyway i remember one year we were up north a couple of hours up north and we went up there for Christmas. We spent Christmas Day and Boxing Day, and we all left on the 27th. And everybody wanted to take the tree down. And I said, no, no. Like, I pulled, I, I literally went crazy on them. You can't. You absolutely can't. I literally drove up on, the, I think, the 3rd or the 4th and took the Christmas tree oh down. So even today, I will not take my Christmas tree down <laughs> until after New Year. I don't get it. Like when I came to Canada and I saw that, you know, not like when my tree was still up at um that's just in January that passed and I they're like, why is your tree up? I'm like, is there anything? I literally know that there was a tradition. It was so one of the culture shocks that I've had since I came to Canada. Yeah, it's like in there. Like it it, it makes no sense, but I won't do it. So I I I used to say from a I don't know if it's a Catholic or Christian but you're always supposed to take it down after the the, the celebration of Epiphany, and so oh, Epiphany okay. happens yeah. on January sixth, and so yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I always believe I believe in that tradition too because I always say the garbage people are aligned to that tradition because typically yeah. you're, the trees are <laughs> they're all out there. All out. <laughs> you can only you can only take them out after after January. <laughs> I love that. That's a great question. Yeah. And I think that's all over Canada because I grew up in Nova Scotia and it's, it's the same, the same thing. Uh, you, it doesn't come down and my, my dad will want it down and my mother will, no, it, it, it's, it's staying up. Or so if it doesn't go up, if it doesn't stay up, then the next year he's like, well, I'm not helping you put up the tree. <laughs> So I'm going to put in the next, the next question I want to throw out there is, and I'm going to start with EJ, you know, um, even at 19 years, you know, there's still a life that you've lived, right? Because there's like people, generations of people that are younger than you. But if you think about like family dinners and you think about, you know, as, as, as young as you can start to remember them, have, have they remained the same or, you know, do you, are there new foods that get injured? Like, have you changed the way you eat? Or, you know, how, how have you found family dinners have changed over the years? Do we, or is everyone on the phones? <laughs> like- it definitely has changed a lot. I mean, I guess dynamics in our family has changed often. I mean, my dad used to pretty much live by coast, like he'd work in San Francisco. So a lot of the dinners, it was just like me, my mom, my sister sometimes. And then when he came back, I was always like, why are you here? <laughs> but it was still really, really nice. Um, definitely, of course, with like the introduction of cell phones and such not iPads, computers that started to really 
pop up more often, which at least my sister and I try to manage, but it doesn't always work out the best way. Um, but I guess in like terms of like eating habits, I went vegetarian about three-ish years ago, which was honestly as big an impact it had on me, also large impact on my father. He <laughs> loved to really cook and everything. And so I always feel really bad because like, I guess it kind of took away like some of like his love for cooking because then I went vegetarian and then my sister went pescatarian because of me. So then they were like, Oh, we can't make like a whole brisket or something. We can't make like a whole whole pork because not two of us can eat it. And so that's something that's changed a lot. And so it's kind of family dinners have kind of turned it to our own kind of like, at least pre COVID was like kind of do it yourself so I usually make my dinners and then since COVID we would all we all now just take turns like trying to make dinner and trying to integrate like vegetarian options for me and pescatarian options for my sister and I'll try and make meat sometimes not usually but <laughs> if I do <laughs> yeah. I love I love that you actually bring in that dynamic and that's that's really really interesting and you know I don't know you know Trisha or Ogaga or you know Cindy if you guys can even just liken that experience like how have your eating habits influenced or impacted you know others in your family maybe trisha will start with you because i i know one time you packed a whole bunch of food yes, to that's, <laughs> that, that's the story um i jerk up central i i ordered my meals from jerk up central for the christmas holidays because i was very focused on my wellness journey and i didn't you know christmas there's going to be a lot of rich foods and desserts and everything that to derail my success. So I came with a plan and I came with the food. I flew on the plane like it was freeze wrapped, is that what you call it? And went home. And uh, my my parents love to cook, my dad especially. I'm a daddy's girl. And uh, when I come home, it's all my favorite meals. And, you know, I'd be like, no, no, I'm okay. And I would heat up my food. No, 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 I'm okay. I'd heat up my food. <laughs> My mom had to bring me aside and she's like, Dad, he doesn't understand what's going on. He's a little upset. Like, he came home and she's eating food from a bag. What what's happening in Toronto? He was so upset. And I, I had to have actually have a conversation with mm-hmm. him about, you know, more protein and veg mm-hmm. and you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this was my style at the time. Mm-hmm. And the next day it was stir fries. He he basically started. He he did what I was trying oh, to bring, yeah. so that I I recognized that that was a big change for him, mm-hmm. and that was how we connected. Yeah, as family, like it, like I'm mm. I'm a Gen X, yes, but uh, when my parents come in town, I don't cook. They could be here for months. I actually do not have to cook, and if I attempt to. They run me out of the kitchen. So, uh. <laughs> and then to my place. <laughs> and Trisha, you know, Trisha introduces a really interesting point. You know, around food is a huge con- is a huge connector. Like, and you know, and I don't know if there's anyone like. Look, let's continue this dialogue around the influence. But I, I think about myself as, um, you know, competing in, in the fitness world and, you know, my niece EJ would know, you know, often if I travel, when I travel home and I, I mean, my eating habits still hold for the most part, especially, but very strict when I'm, when I'm in competition mode, but how that influenced people, even my husband, well, we can't go out. I'm like, why can't we go out? Because you can't, 
But, you know, there's so much around food that people can't think of other things to do if there's a restriction around food. So, you know, maybe even just continue with that flex, you know, Gaga, how have, you know, how's that sort of shaped in your, in your household, like culturally or. So I will, I will say that in my house, right. So I wasn't the big cook at home. It was like my mom, my sister, even my brothers, you know, cooked um, all the meals. So literally I say when I got married, I cooked like, I said the, the most of my entire life. <laughs> That's what I would say, right? Um, for me, I think the only time like uh, my eating habits had to change was when I was pregnant because um, I had um, gestational diabetes. And that means that I had to monitor what I was eating, eat more protein, and just basically space out food. It was stressful <laughs> because I wasn't that kind of person. I eat when I want to eat, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it was really stressful, but I, you know, I just had one way or the other, you know, I just felt like God just helped me mm-hmm. and gave me the wisdom to know what to eat. So I will say that that period, right. It was, it was, um, it was definitely a change in my household because, um, I was eating a lot of vegetables. I had to eat very lean and, you know, <laughs> I was literally counting calories. I've never done that before, but I'll say that really helped me though, because it made me come into the world of, you know, Food is really important, how you eat, you know, coming back from, you know, Nigeria, we have all our solid food, you know, all our, you know, lots of calves. We eat a lot of calves, <laughs> right? So that's, that's, well, that's the kind of upbringing I'm coming from, your rice, your uh, solid food in terms of, you know, all, all the different yam, pounder and all that. So <laughs> coming from that background where you didn't really eat salad, salad was like, man, luxury, right? So... <laughs> <laughs> so um it, it it really and you know we we see a lot of oil right so mm-hmm. really that that period really got me to start thinking about you know redefining now that you know i'm building my own family redefining how food is like you know in terms of ensuring that it's all balanced mm-hmm. you have the carbs but you still have the protein and you still have the veg there mm-hmm. and and all well yes 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 like I, I think that um, for me, it has changed and evolved. That that see that that mm-hmm. is what changed and evolved my eating habits, my family, and all. And now I will say we 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 have changed our eating, right? Mm-hmm. And that that influenced us. So yeah. yes, so I think when focused. I go back home, yeah. um, <laughs> people will be like, okay, why is she eating like this? <laughs> I've not been home since um, you know the whole um, pandemic. COVID, the pandemic, yeah. Well, when yeah. you go home, there'll be a culture shock. And, and Cindy, how about you? Like, do you have a this very same vibe or different in terms of how you used to eat then and now? Oh, my God, it's completely different. So our big thing was Sunday dinner. It was always roast beef. And it was always roasted potatoes and carrots. And there was just the same food almost every Sunday. And I carried that on for many years with my own kids. And it wasn't until I got divorced and was out on my own. And now I, I eat what I want. Like I, I eat when I want, when I, you know, I'm pretty healthy. Um, I think I'm, if I'm missing anything from my diet, I often miss, miss enough protein. But mm. as far as our family goes getting together, that's still like when we get together, it's always the Sunday dinner. It would always be the big deal is the Sunday dinner, the mm-hmm. tradition with that. And roast beef is still, even though I don't eat beef much anymore, it's still what would, if you had to say the one meal, would be a roast It'd beef. It would be roast beef, yes. <laughs> Crazy. Along the, along the same lines of um, 
similar to family traditions, um, I'm going to ask the question of what is your favorite childhood memory? And I would like um, uh, Ogaga to, to, to go first. Oh, for me, I think it was going to be Koi Club. <laughs> Okoi, Okoi Club? Yes. A family resort in Lagos. Yeah, so <laughs> it was it, it was it was one of the fun parts we always looked up to, like every single weekend. Because when you go there, you go to the pool area. You can um, it was a recreational center, right? So you you go there, you just have fun, and then after that, you have chicken, chips, and um, some you know tomato sauce. It was amazing. We always looked forward to that. <laughs> That was the highlight of it after swimming, after doing that. And then also just, um, it, it was kind of luxury for us. And as as children, we were just very excited to go out and, you know, have that sort of luxury and just feel, you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> so that you. was it. And then they, they had really lovely Christmas um, Christmas carols, right? So it meant that you get to see Santa with a lovely gift that you didn't, you know, expect. So, and he just co- goes there and, you know, it's a secret kind of thing. I say, here you go. And when we all came out, like, oh, what did you get? Oh, what did you get? It was, it was, it, it, it was so lovely just having that, sharing that experience with my family, like my siblings, my mom, my dad. And we just looked up to that. You know, we, I, I think we could get anything we wanted when we were in Koi Club, literally, because like, <laughs> you have to behave yourself now. You have to behave yourself. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a great memory. Thank you for sharing. That's awesome. EJ, what about you? What is your favorite childhood memory? My favorite childhood memory, it's kicking ass to a lot of you as well. Because um, my sister and I, we take our parents to bring us down to our aunt's house. And there's this one movie we'd always watch. And it's in their old house. I can't even remember the name. I think it was like Beastly or something. And our sister and I would always talk about like, oh yeah, like do you remember we watched that movie? They like we sang these songs. And then I could always just remember I'd always go up to like their computer room and I'd always just play on the computer, like play different like little kid games. And I don't that's like that's one thing I always remember that like I always enjoyed and like going to the museum and me who's always like a picky eater and I try to figure out like can you eat this sandwich I'm like I don't want to I love that (laughs) do you remember that yes I remember that and I tried to make you eat us but I said I said to her parents I'm gonna get her to eat chicken (laughs) or something like that I said it's all in the way you make it (laughs) didn't I didn't I get you to make like I made you like chicken fingers with like oatmeal yes (laughs) Picky, picky eater. Yes, yes, I remember that. My That's baby, awesome. it was my babysitting, my first like foray to babysitting. I was like, lot. <laughs> and uh, Cindy, we used to have an uncle that had a cottage, and we looked forward to it every summer. We'd go for two weeks, and it was we'd have to take a boat to get there. We would skidoo. We uh, sorry, we would ski. We would go to the sea do. There was all kinds of things. That was like the ultimate for us for, for as much as I can remember as a child. It was the highlight of my, my whole childhood, actually. Other than that, the other thing was really great. I was thinking about it today when I was thinking about it. We used to have a dog. His name was Ted. And we used to dress it up. We used to put clothes on it and earrings on it. And I remember one time even trying to put lipstick on him. <laughs> oh and I just, 
like that was so much fun that we, I just loved our dog and he lived for many, many years. So that was, those are the two highlights that I remember. <laughs> That's awesome. Any pictures of that? The dog with lipstick. <laughs> Wait, isn't that? Oh, I was, I was gonna say, isn't that a thin? But it's 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 lipstick on a pig, right? Yeah. Okay. Nowadays, yeah. yeah. Don't forget, we're going back a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Trisha, you're gonna share yours since you asked the question. Um. So for me, um, it would be it's a how I spend, how I used to spend Christmas when I was at home and it would be baking carrot cakes and I would bake, um, like anyone who lived in the neighborhood would get a cake. And it was a thing where if you were going to visit somebody over the holidays, we wouldn't show up empty handed. And we always brought a carrot cake with cream cheese icing. Don't do the cake if you're not going to do the icing. Just don't even (laughs) waste your time. And uh, I I remember that. And funny, the first time I went home, after a few years, because my parents always kept coming to Toronto. uh, So I went back, I think, in 2016. And I didn't know. My dad continued the tradition. I am a dad's girl. Um, (laughs) And he bakes. He, he still, he bakes the carrot cakes and he, he puts the cream cheese icing on. And one of my friends from junior high, my best friend from junior high, lives on the street, two houses down. And she's like, I didn't know your dad could bake. She looks forward. People on the street and the two <laughs> look forward to the carrot cake. Like, our, people are ringing our doorbell on Christmas Eve. You know, try, hey, 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 can oh. I get some cake? <laughs> can I get some cake? <laughs> I love that. I love that. I love that. I I realize that my favorite, one of my, one of my, I guess most, I was a fa- I don't know if it's favorite, but it was something I do definitely remember as a child that I used to do. I still do it. And so my dad, anytime he would sleep or sit on a chair, all the change in his pocket would fall <laughs> into the chair. And so I'd wait until he gets up and he walks away and I'd go and take all the change. And now I do it with my husband. <laughs> he always has coins like loonies and toonies. Now they're loonies and toonies. Back then there were pennies and dimes and nickels. <laughs> I was like, wow, you could get a lot of money that way. <laughs> but I realized I still do it. Why don't I give my mon- my husband back his change? I'm still taking his change all this time. Anyway, yeah, so maybe that's a childhood habit that's that followed me. So we, I believe, with everything that we've spoken about, Ogaga, you've talked about where you've lived and where you've grown up. And Nije, I just happen to know... You know, you think you think bigger than yourself. There's things that you want to do in this world. And, and Cindy, you know, for all the work that you do, this last question is really just to for you to put out your thoughts in, in terms of what you believe, you know, is either possible because you're going to do it or what the world needs. So please complete the sentence. And Ogaga, I will start with you. What the world needs most is. I believe. um what the world needs most is finding out who we are and what we're created to do and mm. be. 
I'm being that because there's no point being the best version of someone else mm. when you can be the best version of you. That's so big. find out who you are, find out what you were created to do and do it. Be the best at that thing and not any other thing else. I love that. EJ. Um, kind of going on with that, like I said, I would say self-assurance. Mm. Um, we live in such a time where social media, especially for people in my generation, really plays a huge impact on their self-image and how they view each other. You see other people looking for others for validation for themselves when really they don't have to look to anyone else. They should look Ooh. into them for themselves. And that's definitely something that I'm trying to focus on as well. Um, just because it honestly, at the end of the day, the only opinion matter that matters is your own. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Guess who just schooled us? <laughs> and Cindy, what the world I'm, I'm needs. Taking notes. I'm yeah, taking I know. Notes. <laughs> and Cindy, what the world needs most is. I think a lot of self-compassion and understanding. And I think just for each other and for ourselves. I think that's what you give that and love. I think that's really what we really need in, in addition to what the other ladies said. And I think that that's, honestly, I'm, I'm taking from that to build into the next because that's what we accomplished here tonight. You know, we, we span, on this call, we span a number of years. And each of us, I love the fact that both of you, Gaga and and EJ have talked about the need to be ourselves, self-assurance, that we don't, the opinion of others shouldn't really matter. And, and that's, that's living. That's when you're living your truest, your truest sense of, of the word that's, that's living, you know? And so, you know, we've shown that today, the, the objective really is to demonstrate that across generations, there are similarities. And even if they're not, it's about understanding one another's stories without judgment and just really being curious to know more and to, and to, and to give them the space to be able to share. Um, so, you know, as a final question to everyone here before we, we end the podcast, this is called Empowered in My Skin. And would love to know from each of you what it means to you to be empowered in my skin. So, uh, Cindy, we'll start with you. That's a great question. So it just means being who you are with, with unapologetically, like just being yourself. That's it. Love it. Ogaga? I think it means I can and I will. Ooh. <laughs> I can and I will. Yes, that is true. I love that. I haven't had that answer before. I asked that question to everybody. And uh, EJ? Um, just being sure of who you are and making sure that you're not changing for anyone else. Mm. Say. I love that. Mm. And Trisha? I think along the same lines that everyone said, um, standing in your truth. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank you all. Because in large part, you know, that was the whole premise behind me starting Empowered in My Skin was I was coming more into who I was and the opinion of others became less and less important. And my desire was for it to be absolutely not important and to realize that, you know, this, 
the skin that I have that's really just the outer shell. Everything that matters is is within, you know, and so until allow that to shine out. So thank you for expressing that. Thank you for sharing energy with Trisha and I and, and Gabby today. And, uh, you know, I, I say this always. I love you. I don't need to know you to love you unconditionally. And, uh, yeah, so just very grateful for you. And, Trisha, unfortunately, this is the part of the show where I have to say we're out. Bye-bye. So there you have it. I trust you're saying to yourself, I'm fully empowered in my skin. And remember, whatever platform you're listening to this on, please subscribe, like, review, and share this podcast with someone else that you feel can benefit from the empowering content that we deliver. As Tom Billia says, when we help others think in a way that is empowering, that is the lead domino to create real change in this world. It's been fun hanging with you. It's your girl and I'm out. <laughs>